I'm Daniel. And I'm Pat. And we're Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. This week's episode is a double feature. And the theme of that double feature is movies that Danny and I saw this weekend in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In general, this is going to be a great year for movies. I feel I know that's something you brought up before. There's so much cool shit coming out in 2023. I know the podcast was kind of supposed to be a way for us to look back over the past 20 years. And we keep getting distracted by shit that's coming out like right away, like right now, today. So uh, I know it's an impromptu double feature because uh, this week we saw Scream 6 and 65 and thought that they were both worth a little bit of discourse. So first up, we had Scream 6, Scream 6, released theatrically March 10th, 2023. In the next installment of the Scream franchise, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. So, I dug it. Um, I know you texted me last night. I was a little bit surprised because I thought you would like it a lot more. Uh, Quick gush about the opening scene first? What do you think about the opening scene? Yeah, uh... I immediately knew that she was going to be a Drew Barrymore character. Oh, of course. Well, they've done that in pretty much all the movies. They always you open know. with a, a celeb death. Um, but go on. I'm sorry. But No, I, I, I liked it. I like Samara. I, I like her in a lot of movies. Uh, and it was nice. Like, it was just a... I don't know. Like, it, it was one of those things that you did kind of feel just like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you going in there? And it was one of those moments where... You would like if you were at home, you'd probably be like with people, like, and they'd be screaming at the TV, "Don't go in the alley! Don't go in the alley!" Like we've done this before. You know what's going to happen, and right. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I did. I thought it was pretty cool. Well, we have we have done this before, and we didn't know what was going to happen. Scream is one of the one of the uh, motifs of the franchise is they always open with a um, famous character surprising death, which, like you said, started off in the first Scream movie with Drew Barrymore, uh, and they did it this time around with Samara Weaving. And what what I thought was interesting was I didn't even know she was in the movie, I so didn't yeah, they kept that kind of uh, a secret. And we just spoiled it within the first seven minutes of this week's episode oh yeah um, well i'll put i'll put in it that there are spoilers yeah spoilers for both of these films um and yeah so i mean i i didn't know she was in it but as soon as you saw her face i mean you knew exactly what was going to happen oh yeah and it was it was it nice was... to see her with her accent though like yeah like I, don't, I don't know if i've ever seen anything that she can be uh, is she australian or new zealand but um, I, I'm not sure, but I know, I mean, you know who her uncle is, right? Hugo Weaving from, uh, the Matrix movies and the oh. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. Yes. Like yes. Him. So, um, I, I didn't know, I don't know exactly where she hails from either, but yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised that they let her use her accent. And, uh, yeah, it was probably my favorite opening kill set piece thing since the original. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was good. I mean, last last episode, uh, Scream Five. Um, I thought it was funny when they name dropped uh, the Babadook, but other than that, um, <laughs> this one was definitely something new and inventive. And the way that they kind of compound it by bringing in um, the <laughs> the kid from the new Flash Thompson from the from the Spider Man movies, oh, and yeah. then as him as the killer, and it was it was a twist. The the first. Uh, you know the the movie itself was not as twist and turny, but um, I got to say they 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 could still throw you for a loop those scream movies. You know what I mean? They they still got some surprise left in them, and uh, you know there was there. I don't want to say that there was a lot of things I didn't like about this movie, but um, there was times where I felt it went a little off the rails, uh, but not not so much that opening. That opening was it was surprising. It was nice to see them in New York. Um, and, uh, overall I liked, I liked the kind of, uh, the diversity in the location, you know, um, I don't know. what do you think of the New York backdrop? Yeah, I, I really appreciated it. Um, and I think my, I went to go see this movie with my wife and she just got back from a trip from New York city. Oh, that's so, right. <laughs> yeah. So she, she really, you know, everything was still pretty fresh in her mind. 
and she liked that. But uh, no, the the backdrop was really cool. I liked how uh, I don't know his name and and scream, but when Flash <laughs> uh, <laughs> from Spider Man, um, when he sat down when he was on the phone, uh, looking for his roommate, which was his partner in crime, uh, right. he was watching Jason Takes Manhattan. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, and I just I I I laughed like in the theater. I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like I'm just like I'm probably the only person here that realized that. Well, but, I noticed uh, in the background too. They also had a last podcast on the left poster. The left, yeah, I saw which, that, which I also that. made me. I was happy to see them get slaughtered moments later because I fucking hate that podcast. Oh, do you Not really? That, well, I guess I guess we can't go a week without me shit talking somebody's podcast on one of mine. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I listen. I I I I totally recant that. I have no problem. With them. I don't want to create the fucking scene. Thanks. No, they're fine. They're, it's all right. It, you know what it is? It's like I like their topics, but it's very, it's way more performative. Like they have, like I, I used to do improv in Second City. They have like a lot of improv kid energy, and sometimes it's just like a little overwhelming. Um, and I, but whatever, dude. It's it's hugely popular, and it's honestly, it, it's that podcast is so popular that I, I honestly believe that they bring more people into the medium that will check out other like paranormal conspiracy podcasts. Oh, 100%. You know I mean? So yeah. I, I am not, please keep doing your thing last podcast and left people. Although I'm sure you're not listening to this, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have no bone with them and not my cup of tea, but uh, I think that the world is a better place for their existence. So the but, poster he should have had should have been a Halloweenies poster. I, you know what? <laughs> when that's, man, that's you got me dancing had. through a minefield this fucking episode. I was waiting for that. And I got to say, I was relieved that I didn't see it because I would have absolutely, I love Mike, but I would have hated him if his podcast <laughs> got into Scream 6. <laughs> Not hated him, but I think you know. I, you know, you know honestly, what I mean. It's like you want to yeah. see your friend succeed, but you don't need to see your friends. I think they'd that. have a better shot at at a Halloween movie because I, they, I they mean, do some stuff with uh, uh, the Halloween stuff. They get to go to like Halloween, like the town and all that. I don't fun. know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. but I I think it would have it probably would have been more realistic to have them have a Halloweenies. Uh, poster versus last podcast on the left because well yeah. maybe not because the whole i guess the whole one of the one of the plot lines of scream six is that the carpenter sisters um who i absolutely adore both of them but i like the older sister the most uh the carpenter <laughs> sisters are now the focus of uh online conspiracies that they were actually the killers from scream five and that they uh, kind of framed the other two. And um, that, I guess, would tie into the last podcast on the left thing. But with, with, the, with the two students being film students and horror movie aficionados, the Halloweenies probably would have made more sense. But right. I don't know. Um, I gotta say, I, I felt like one of the one of the other motifs of these Scream franchises of the Scream franchise movies is that they they usually there's a lot of film talk, right? There's a lot of these characters are um, familiar with horror movies. They've seen horror movies. They understand the horror the horror movie tropes. The killer is also playing with those as well. Um, you know, they, they don't break the fourth wall, but they're very meta. And that was kind of what made the first Scream so groundbreaking. This one didn't feel like it had a lot of that. Uh, there was, there's a couple, there, you know, there's a scene where Kirby sits down with uh, Mindy and they have a talk about franchises, which I disagreed with half the things they were saying. So that was more frustrating than anything. But there wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of that in this. You know, this was a more, it felt like it was kind of a more straight up slasher movie and didn't have the constant love letters to previous horror movies. Okay. I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. I see where you're going with that. Um, I actually, I can't remember the whole monologue that they were going through. 
uh, Kirby and Mindy. But I actually, I think, agreed with most of the things they said. Uh, especially the Candyman one. I think the new Candyman deserves respect. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I yeah, don't know. The, I, my, my my favorite fr- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is not the first one. No, mine's the third one, Dream Warriors. I I would do two, three, or do, four, or New Nightmare. New Nightmare was fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. The, the first... I, okay, so Friday Thirteenth, I also disagree with them. With mine is uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, that's oh, why we cool. podcast the other day. Oh, see, look at us, man. <laughs> look at us. I would do so, Jason Goes to Hell, and then I would do Jason X. I'm not a, I, I'm not huge into the, the Friday franchise. I feel like it, it repeats itself a lot. There was, I don't know if it's three or four with like the gang of misfits, where like the one guy's name is like Fajita or something. I think that's, something. is it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I just watched the whole series, like not or the franchise, not too long ago. Um. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I can't. I can't remember which one. It might be three. Yeah, I think it is. As far as like, as far as your by the book Camp Crystal Lake Nightmare uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie, that's probably my favorite. Jason Goes to Hell is an oddball. It's a big swing. I like it. Jason X is another big swing. I like it. Um, you know, but I don't. As far as like the rank and file ones, like I couldn't tell you the difference between four and six and two and you know, uh, right. Know. I mean, I know that he doesn't really get the hockey mask going until the third one. The first yeah. one's the mom. The second one, he's got a bag on the head. Yeah. And then the, the third one was when he brings out the um, the hockey mask. So, anyway. Um, what else did I want to talk about with Scream 6? So, I thought one of the, the weakest aspects of it um, <clears throat> was the inclusion of Gale Weathers. So... Dewey, they killed off in Scream 5. If you're talking about the original trilogy of actors, you know, you have Nev Campbell, uh, David Arquette, and then Courtney Cox. David Arquette, they killed off in Scream 5. And I felt they did a pretty good job with that. Uh, Nev Campbell did not show up in this one. She's off on her own. Who knows if she'll come back to the franchise? Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't matter. Gail Weathers, however, is in this one. And kind of the worst part of it. Um, for me, at least the, the, there's this whole, she's only kind of there. They don't kill her, which was frustrating. Now, if they had killed her fine, right. They would have killed her off. That's it. I don't know why they left her alive. They left her fucked up enough to where if she doesn't show up in any more scream movies, it would make sense. If, if we get to scream seven and the throwaway line is, well, you know, guess ever, ever since, you know, last year, Gail's retired and living in seclusion and she's not broadcasting anymore like that would make sense right she's alive but she's off the grid she's not a player in the game anymore i would get that um but they bring her in they beat the fuck out of her they leave her half alive that was very unsatisfying at least if they killed her then we would have been done with her and we could move on but the only real purpose she serves is in this very like rocky and bullwinkle type of moment where she somehow finds the location of this abandoned theater, which has turned into a, a, a ghost face shrine. And she somehow has the key for it too. And like, that's all she really does. Um, and I wondered if they, like it, I should say this scream six is two hours long, which isn't super long, but it's kind of long for a horror movie. And I feel like if you cut the Gail Weathers shit out, It'd be about a minute for an hour forty, and it might have played a lot better. You know what I mean? If you could have come up with some other way for them to get to that, the find the shrine, right? Find the find the abandoned theater. You could have gotten them there some other way. You wouldn't have completely eliminated the need for Gale Weathers, right? Because um, that was kind of weird. It's like she's got this boyfriend. <laughs> Just, we don't get a name. We don't get a scene with him. He's, I don't know if it, you know what I mean? Just some dude. And, uh, he gets killed. And once again, it's like, you couldn't give us one, like an, an like an establishing scene. Like that, I'm not saying he's got to be like, you know, this character that we're built up to give a shit about. And then we kill him. 
but there was absolutely nothing. He like brings her a glass of water and then you see him get killed in the background of it, like the other scene. Um, it seemed unnecessary, you know, and it was, it was clunky and, you know, this, I, I felt like this movie got a lot of things right, but it's adherence to that. And there was also the scene at the park where they're in the van didn't make a lot of sense. You, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it was like they tried to do this thing and it backfired and now they're in the wrong place at the wrong time and they got to get to Gale, but now it's too late. You could have cut all that shit out, right? The stuff that takes place in New York, the stuff in the bodega, which a lot of people bitched about having, having ghost face with a shotgun. I thought no, it was that was, fine. that was badass. Yeah. That was a really good fucking set piece. That, that was a really good That to good me scene. was probably the best part of the movie. I mean, I liked I liked the uh, subway scene too. That was that yeah. was my those are my two favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, and those were very New York. I mean, those were New York ideas. Okay, we're in New York. What are we gonna do? All right, let's do Ghostface in a bodega. Let's do Ghostface on the subway. Right. Um, I thought those were good, and they were, and they and they played into they leaned into the 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 New York stuff. They leaned into the shtick. It was inventive. It was well executed. But then you look at like the Gale shit and it's like, okay, her slamming doors into the killer's face. And you could have done that anywhere with anyone but anything. There was nothing inherently New York or, or anything about that. It was just kind of eh. Um, same thing with the back and forth where like they're stealing the car to go get her to go just so they could show up five minutes too late and, and all that stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that was kind of that was kind of the weakest part of the movie for me. How did you feel about and I know we kind of texted about this already, but for the sake of the podcast I'll ask the question. How did you feel about the reveal at the end with the identity of the killers and all that? Was so, it spoiled for you because it was leaked online? No, it wasn't spoiled for me. Okay. Uh, I was able to tell. So I didn't the whole ending with the the father and the siblings, like I did not know that they were going to be siblings, but I thought that the girl, the uh, the roommate that dies, uh, it was just really weird how that played out, and I didn't. I felt like the dad didn't respond in an actual like natural way. So, and then the way that he just like that looked at them and was like, "If you like fuck with my family, you die." I was like, oh, he's the killer. That's literally what I thought about. And uh, oh, the uh, the boy, he looked just like Richie. Yeah. He looked too much <laughs> like Richie and was literally not in the movie at all. Like how he, like that was, that was supposed to be so clear, you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I definitely, it to me, like, I'm not like, I was kind of disappointed. Like, I felt like they could have played that out <clears throat> a little bit better. It was now, now. I'm just like okay. So Scream is now Fast and Furious, right? It's all, it's all fucking about family. family. Yeah. yeah, fucking family, man. But the, uh, uh, the the most disappointing aspect for the movie for me was I counted over. I stopped counting after eight. Then the amount of times that Ghostface was on the ground, and they could have just fucking finished it, and they didn't. They just fucking ran and. The whole point of the Carpenter sisters is that they're like these fighters and that they're like these, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I'm just like, from experiencing the last movie, you would have thought that they would have just fucking finished it right then and there and took him out. Like they, they could have, they could have had him multiple times. And I don't, I don't know. I I think I was being a little too picky when it came to that, but I just, I also kind of feel like I've never seen a killer. (laughs) be on the ground so damn much in in a, in a movie like he was on like he was always fucking on the ground well that yeah. like it just i don't know i felt like he could have been it, especially with three of them i thought it had been cooler if they just kept killing one of them and eventually got to like the last one like and it just kept revealing it as as you went like i i almost i think i would have liked that a little bit more Instead of the final reveal, which was like three of them. Yeah. I So um, the the Carpenter sisters, they're living in New York. Uh, the youngest one, 
uh, Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega, she's going to college in New York, and she has a roommate named Quinn Bailey, who's kind of a little slutty, and that's like her character note. <laughs> You're a slut. And her dad is played by uh, Dermot Mulroney, and um, there's another character who is roommates with uh, the Martin s- siblings, who are the uh, nieces and nephews of Randy from the first two Scream movies. So Randy was the guy that worked at the video store, played by Jamie Kennedy. His sister had kids, which are the Martin siblings. Both of them survived the first the Scream 5, although Chad is kind of becoming the Dewey where he gets sliced and beat up to shit, and then they always wheel him out on a stretcher at the end, right? He still somehow fucking survives. So he is like the new Dewey. Um, And you come to find out that that Chad's roommate, this kid Ethan, is actually using an assumed identity, that he's, he's siblings with Quinn, and both of them are the children of Detective Bailey, who is the father of, I forget his name, but uh, the killer from Scream 5, the one that was... Uh, Richie? The, the, yeah, but his name, uh, he's the Quaid. He's Dennis Quaid's kid. He's also in um, oh, and the, the Boys. boys. Uh, yeah. yeah. So who was an actor I really like. I would like to see him in more stuff. He is genuinely charismatic. And then another addition to the cast, which we haven't really talked about, is... I don't know how to say her last name, Hayden, this cheerleader chick from Heroes who was Kirby in Scream 4. They brought her back. I don't. I remember her being in that movie. I don't remember her being a big deal. Um, Scream 4, I mean, we could... I, I honestly, if we do another one of these Scream movie things, I wouldn't mind doing Scream 4 at one point because Scream 4 was Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson again and could have been amazing. I really liked Scream 4 up until the, end, the very, very end of it. and. Um, I think that might have been Wes Craven's last movie directing before he died. And that's where Kirby came from. So that's, there's not a whole lot of rough references back to scream four, but uh, it is a solid movie. And it, it teased the beginning of a new trilogy, which they ended up scrapping waiting a couple of years, then going straight to scream five, which is the beginning of a new trilogy. Um, so yeah, the, the whole reveal with this time, there's three killers. At one point, Quinn is killed. We think that she's dead. But based on like how they handled it within the context of her dad being a police officer and how well he just kind of moved past it and then like got into some other shit, like didn't seem very believable to me. There was no talk of a funeral or services or anything. Yeah, like, that's what, just, yeah that, that, that was a little just, bit of a red flag. Yeah. Right. And then obviously that was his daughter. So that's why I picked her up. Right. So I just and, didn't know that the other kid was going to be his son. That's all. Right. And I yeah, I felt I felt they did a pretty good job concealing his identity. Um especially in the context of the whole subway scene. They did that very well. Um mm-hmm. and the uh but once you realize who the killer is, Dermot Mulroney and his two fake kids. Man, he goes full tilt Vincent D'Onofrio. And just starts chewing the fucking scenery. He's got these crazy eyes and he's laughing at shit. Like, I got to say, like, I enjoyed that performance. I enjoyed, I, I don't, I understand the setup was a little eh, but the payoff of, of, of him being this psycho fucking dude worked. I thought he delivered an excellent performance. Way over the top, very almost comical. But it's nice to see. He's an established actor. He's been in fucking shit for the past 30, 40 years. He was in Young Guns. He was in a bunch of stuff. And to see him <laughs> like do his impression of a fucking crazed serial killer with those eyes. He kept going. His eyes kept going super wide. And he had this weird, like, eh, like little grin. <laughs> and uh, that I thought that was that was excellent showmanship. It, it really It really clinched the ending for me. Yeah, I, I I did like that. That was a, it was a good little monologue for him. Um, yeah, I I I definitely the ending of it was was okay. I was kind of like, I'm happy that uh, the we have like a new Dewey 
But at the same time, I'm like, what? Just kill him. Just kill him. I'm to the point now where, <laughs> like, I don't want all these reoccurring characters because then they're going to try to reset it. Like, literally, the, uh, the sister, uh, said the whole movie right there in her little monologue where she was talking about, uh, how franchises work and how legacy characters aren't safe. And all this other shit. And I'm just like, well, they're not going to, like, I already knew they weren't going to kill Gale. They killed Dewey, and I don't think people liked that they killed Dewey. So I just felt like yeah. they didn't want to kill. Gale is known, and, you know, she she's like a badass in the series. She's a bitch, but she's a badass. So, she also looks kind of fucking terrible. Like, I don't <laughs> know if we need to keep dragging her out into the fucking lights. Um, I don't know. I was I I could have done without that, you know. <laughs> you know, but I that's always been interesting about the Scream movies and that's why I liked Scream 4 so much is that yeah, Scream movies have always been about the survivors and the survivors carry over from film to film to film. Right. Most other franchises don't do that. Most other franchises have a the killer stays the same and the kids are interchangeable from movie to movie you know yeah okay so like in nightmare on elm street you have nancy and she's in one and she's in three but then they kill her in three right and then they have Kristen, and she's in three and four but then they kill her in four and then they have the new one i don't know who they are, you know, but it's like you know what i mean like it's kind of a revolving door and you have new they don't let the survivors survive they don't you know if, if you made it to the end of the first movie all right fine we're gonna kill you off in the beginning of the set in the next right and it's weird to have a movie it's kind of like the it's it, it, it'll always set its apart from set itself apart from the other horror movies because the other franchises they don't do that you know and um with scream four they really threatened to kill off all the survivors and then it made it seem like the franchise moving forward was going to be about the killer. It was going to be about Sydney's niece or cousin or whatever, who was played by Emma Roberts. And I thought that that's what they were going to do with that movie. And then at the end, no, they, they did what they always do. And those three survive and okay, now we'll move into the next movie. It'll be a new killer. And that just seems kind of lame, you know? Um, and they're doing it again with these two chicks, but I, you know, I like I like those two actresses. Uh, they're attractive, and <laughs> they're 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 capable. I think they're good characters. So, um, will I be there for Scream Seven? Yes, I'll be there for Scream Seven. You know, just hopefully they. I don't know what they're going to do next. I doubt right. they'll do space. But speaking of space, do you have anything else you <laughs> want to say about Scream Six? Or are you ready to move on to sixty five? Uh, no, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, so also dropping this weekend, we had 65, also released theatrically March 10th, 2023. An astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet. It's Earth. Only to discover he's not alone. Um, That that astronaut is uh, Adam Driver. And he's one of the only actors in this movie. Uh, Adam Driver, who I remember from Girls. And it, it... doesn't cease to amaze me his career post girls uh <laughs> i don't know if you ever watched that show but he played this bipolar fucking madman named adam who shot a bunch had a bunch of sex scenes with lena dunham and he was very vocal when he was fucking her and he would <laughs> say all kinds of crazy weird inappropriate shit and then the next thing i know he's kylo ren and I was like, well, okay. And granted, he's done like a lot of, this This might be, I know he was in, um, what was that movie we just did he was in? White Noise. Right? Yeah, he was in White Noise. Yeah, and I mean, he's done, he did uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Like, he's had, he's had a fucking career. Like, he's done some shit. Um, he's established himself from being more than just Lena Dunham's fuckboy. And, uh, a Disney bad guy, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to see this. I'll let you talk about this movie real quick. I I dug this one, and I'll say this: realistically, these two movies came out this weekend. If you're gonna see one, you're probably gonna see Scream Six. But Sixty Five is the movie that you really probably should see instead. Um, I dug it more. 
I thought it was more creative. It's not a franchise picture. I de- really couldn't do a sequel. It's just this, not super high concept, but uh, a little bit thought-provoking science fiction movie that was 95 minutes long and uh, was a pretty fun ride. Danny, what did you think? Yeah, that, I would have to agree. I uh, I think I liked it more than Scream 6. Um, it was probably my favorite film that I saw this weekend because I also saw Creed 3. But, you know, like, I I have to give it to the story. Like, I just, I enjoyed how original it was. I, I, I liked the, uh, I liked the fact that you know, not only did they have to worry about fucking dinosaurs, but they ended up having to worry about an asteroid. Like, I didn't expect that. I didn't even know that was going to happen. And I saw some of the trailers. Uh, I'm weirdly enough. So typically the endings that I like are dark and I like it when people sacrifice themselves for other people and (laughs) that kind of shit. But like this one, there's no reason for him to. And I'm happy that both of them got off. Yeah, so this movie um, really subverted my expectations. Um, You know, the trailer doesn't really hide the fact that, um, you know, it's about uh, an alien. Because Adam Adam Driver is not human. He is from an alien planet, not Earth. And uh, he's leading a... Uh, expedition to another planet and while in transit they run a, run into a meteor shower and uh, or asteroid field or something and end up having to crash on Earth. And they tell you very specifically they are on Earth. 65 million years ago. They are on Earth. So you, you know, you're kind of like, oh, so is this how mankind came to Earth? Are we going to, are they, you know, I went to go see this with my son. And uh, he was like, do you think that they're going to be the people that start the human race on Earth? I'm like, oh, Adam, Adam Driver and that nine-year-old girl? I hope not. That'd be kind of crazy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to do a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was a little worried where that was going right? to go. I mean, so here's the thing. <laughs> You talk about expectations. That was one expectation that I had, that that was where the story is going to go, right? But then I remembered that dinosaurs and humans did not coexist at the same time, and dinosaurs were wiped out because of an, an asteroid or meteor or whatever, right? So then when that when that aspect of the story rears its head and, you re- and it becomes a ticking clock, they have 12 hours to get off the planet before the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs collides with Earth. So then you you start thinking, all right, he's not going to make it off, though, right? Like, he's going to have to sacrifice himself to get this girl off the planet. That's just the way it's going to go. I see it coming. That's what they're going to do with this. And they don't, like you said. Uh, Everyone gets off. And uh, they more or less probably live happily ever after. And I got to say... That was nice, and and once again, it's like it subverted my expectations. This is this is not a very uh, challenging movie. It's it's very much an action movie, and with a little bit of science fiction thrown in, but nothing crazy. And um, it plays it pretty straight, and you have a fun time with it. And I kind of attribute that to one of the producers, Sam Raimi, because it's just a good ride. You know what I mean? They're not challenging the fossil record. Because that's something that I thought of, too, like, when I was watching this movie was, like, the implications of it. Like, whoa, are they, are they going to go so far as to suggest that mankind was not born of this earth and that we're really aliens? Like, oh, that might ruffle a few feathers religiously or something. Or uh, And they didn't. They, they totally side-skirted that. There's another alien species out there in the universe that just happened to swing by here and then left and then we just happen to evolve into looking pretty much identically like them 65 million years later. Yeah, no, I, I was wondering what they were going to do with that too, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think they handled it pretty good. I don't think there was, uh, honestly, I don't think there was anything that I would have taken out of this movie. Um, you know, like you said, 95 minute ride and that's all it was. It was a good time. And it was, uh, being produced by Sony and you always know that those are going to be like really pretty 
like films cinematography wise and usually they're very cinematic so mm. you always want to watch those in the in the movie theater yeah it uh it did my my son brought up crawl when we were watching it because those dinosaurs look like the alligators that was an interesting choice too like i'm not when you ask people about dinosaurs in movies they're like, oh, well, you got the T-Rex, and then you got the Velociraptors, right? Yeah. Um, I don't really fucking know. And I know I know enough to know they didn't all live at, like, the same time, right? Like, I know right. that. Like, but I don't, I couldn't tell you what kind of dinosaurs were there when the asteroid hit. And that was kind of cool about this movie, too, is that, yeah, there's dinosaurs in it. And they're in it kind of a lot, and he fights them. But they're not, like velociraptors and t-rexes they're like little variations on that like i don't know what the fuck they were there's right. probably i don't know how historically accurate any of that was right <laughs> i know that like instead of like pterodactyls they had these big seagull looking fucking things with these goofy you know uh pelican i don't know and then you had the four-legged instead of velociraptors they had like those four-legged lizards yeah, ran, ran after people. They look like bigger uh, Komodo dragons. I thought that too. Yeah, my kid yeah. thought they looked like alligators, which is why he brought up Crawl, and I was like, "Well, you know, Crawl is also produced by Sam produced Raimi. by Sam Raimi. Yeah, definitely." Yeah. So when he mentioned that, like my jaw dropped. I'm like, "Oh, perfect." Yeah. So, but no, it was a good. It was a good ride. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, not like I said, not a franchise. It's not. You know, it's. Sometimes they make these movies that aren't huge tentpole things. They're just just movies. And uh, I think we need to see more of those. I think we need to support more of those. Um, because it is a little bit high concept. And, you know, they probably kept the, the budget down. Because it's only really him and that girl yeah. um, running, around the, running around the woods. And then CGI monsters and shit. The stuff in the cave, I thought, was generally horrifying, too. So there's a segment where... They're, uh, they're trying to sleep in a cave, and a T-Rex type thing shows up, so they go further in the cave, and then there's a little bit of them being trapped and, and trying to get out. That was very claustrophobic and very well done um, for, like, another set piece that didn't just involve them fighting monsters. Uh, I thought that that was, that was good. And like I said, 95-minute ride, like... You know, it goes through the beats. I didn't know if it was going to be something where they had to uh, try to, like, build up a makeshift weapons or something, you know. But they they showed no intention of sticking around. It was like, okay, we, we crashed. This is where we're at. We want to get off it. That's where the escape pod's at. Let's spend 45 minutes trying to get to the escape pod. That'll be the movie. So. Yeah, that dug it. It kind of reminded me of... Uh... Almost like a mix of Prometheus or Alien Covenant and uh, what Land of the Lost. Good little the Will Ferrell one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting connection to make. <laughs> Probably just because the dinosaurs and then the uh, Alien or uh, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, they're just. I don't know. It just felt like that movie. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm so bummed. I saw this week that they're doing another alien movie and they're not, it's not like the third chapter of that. It's like kids in space and there's an alien. Oh, sick. Yeah. It's going to be like a teen slasher, you know, cause that's a, you know, the first alien movie is like a slasher movie. Um, they're getting to that where it's like a young crew comes across Some of people thing. consider that they oh you've never heard that now god no. jesus christ that's like one of the biggest like you know halloween 3 is not that bad uh one of those like <laughs> like under like observations hot takes that like everybody fucking has yeah right. the first if you look at the first alien movie it's structured like a slasher movie um obviously you have the slasher ripley's the final girl it goes right. through all the men dominated stuff, and it's just a slasher movie set in space. Um, and that's all it really is. And okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that connection, but other than that, I always consider it like 
I mean, other than like an alien movie, like uh, a monster film. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a, it's a slasher movie with creature design by H.R. Geiger, like directed yeah. by Ridley Scott. Like, let's not act like this was fucking, you know, Slumber Party Massacre Seven. Like, it's a <laughs> little bit elevated. Uh, screenplay by Dan O'Banion. I I I think that's a very simplistic view, but like I said, it's one of those hot takes that people fucking throw out sometimes yeah. just to get a reaction at people yeah i guess so but yeah so that's what it sounds like they're doing with the alien franchise which is a bummer because i fucking loved those michael fassbender movies um i would have loved to see a third one of those you know yeah they didn't finish it like I prometheus feel like was good the abortion chair holy shit oh yeah like that and then uh covenant was all right like I, it was about flowers and shit like whatever and uh but i like fassbender and i like ridley scott so like I'll check that shit out. And Danny McBride was in Covenant. Yeah, yeah. With a Danny was a co-producer. Sure, sure, so, sure, sure. That was cool. Danny McBride. He's well. He did the Halloweens too. Yeah, and I know he's doing Exorcist next. I wanted to ask you: Did you get? I got a whole bunch of demon possession fucking trailers. <laughs> it felt. Oh like yeah, dude. Before uh, the before one before sixty five. Yeah, I did the too. Pope's Exorcist. The yeah, Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, I normally don't like exorcism movies. Not like I'm afraid of them. They just don't do anything for me. Right. Um, I might check that one out because that looks pretty solid. Yeah, I'll pr- I'll probably check it out. I I also want to get to know the priest before I do. Maybe even do an episode on it on Blue Room. But uh, if he's like you know, uh, kind of like the uh. What's the people that did the conjuring? The Warrens. Like Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, I don't I don't know how his well, no, it like suggests that the Pope's possessed by a demon. Like I don't <laughs> No, I don't think this movie is like that historically accurate. <laughs> that's why I want to look it up. Oh god. That's actually that's a big it's so funny because we were talking earlier about Boys Bible Study. My my favorite podcast. Um they did a uh they did a whole um like couple episodes about these movies i think they're called leap and they're parkour movies <laughs> put their parkour movies about like the end times so the characters in them do parkour you know what parkour is right yeah all right but they also fight against the vatican and the Jesuits, because like the so I was raised Catholic, so th- th- I never thought about this. But I guess there's a lot of people that are that are not Catholic that don't like the Catholics because they have weird hangups about the Pope and shit, and they think that like the Pope is like this evil figure that like controls Vatican City and all this shit. And a lot of people also um, combine the Jesuits with like the Masons and the Illuminati and fr- Freemasonry and shit like that. So this guy made all these like super crazy Christian uh, apocalypse movies about like the Mark of the Beast and all this shit, and it's about parkour and the Vatican. <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a weird fucking combination. Like the two things he was really passionate about is like denouncing Catholicism and like inventive street walking. And uh, <laughs> when I saw that, when I saw the Pope's Exorcist, and I saw that, I'm like, oh, I wonder. This kind of feels like it's in the same vein, like. They're suggesting that the Pope was possessed by demons, and I don't know. Like, I don't. Maybe that happened. I'm not sure. We'll see. Look Did it up on like Wikipedia. The... Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me know what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, like the original, like Exorcist trilogy? Yeah, I. So the first one, like, for the longest time, I I know people always say this, but like, it was the scariest movie I had seen. It. Um, just the 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 way it would flash that black screen with that face with the white makeup um really fucking jarred me it was really scary as a kid and then the second one which i know a lot of people shit on heretic um that creeped me out a lot too and to get into kind of like the real world uh like like how that stuff comes about like because doesn't it start out like an archaeological dig site and they find 
the yeah. little Pazuzu statue and stuff. And then there's like all those locusts and shit at the end. Like, like that really freaked me out. And then the third one, um, I saw the third one probably came out early nineties. So I didn't see it in the theater, but I would have seen it as soon as it hit home video or HBO. And, um, I just remember that being, that being creepy too. Now the fourth one is the one where they shot the different versions of where like Paul Schrader filmed it. And then I forget who the other one, they, they had like two directors do it. I don't know if you ever heard that story. No, I didn't. Yeah. They, he, they filmed one version and then it was like Rennie Harland and, and Paul Schrader or something. I forget. I'm probably fucking that up, but look into it. It's a really interesting thing. And there's two versions of it. And, um, I, fr- I think that was where I lost interest because I watched one of them and it sucked. It was like, I remember when the first, when Rob Zombie's first Halloween came out, I got a copy of it and I watched it and I'm like, well, this blows. And someone's like, oh, well, that's the, that's the first cut. There's a second cut that got released. It's better. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I already watched one version. I didn't like, I'm not going to watch another <laughs> one. So that was like Exorcist 4 with me where I don't know which one I saw, but I didn't like it. So I didn't watch the other version. That's kind of funny. I never... I don't know. The Rob Zombie Halloweens are okay. I don't, uh, it's Halloween. Like, I just, when it comes to the Halloween franchise, uh, I don't know. It's, it's better than the Friday franchise, but it doesn't be Nightmare. Friday, like Ice Cube? No, like, no, Friday the 13th. <laughs> I, I would rather watch Friday. Friday after next ain't that bad. No, I would rather watch the, tri- the Friday trilogy <laughs> over all the Friday the 13th. Sure. Probably maybe even all over the uh Halloweens too. Which is crazy that I even just said that, but I don't know those Fridays, man. That that was my uh that was my Cheech and Chong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine was that and that and half baked. Those went hand in hand for me. Yeah, half baked was a real good too. So, so all right, real, uh, real quick before uh, we end this thing, sure. uh, what's your uh, what's your favorite scream? Favorite scream? Um, or, or how would you rank them? I would rank them uh, scream one, and then probably um, scream. I don't know this one. And then five, and then four, and then two, and then three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, I think I have five and six changed. Yeah. But yeah, it's mine's the exact same. Scream two, Scream two, I think was a really big disappointment for me. I I can remember because Scream One came out my sophomore year in high school, so I saw that like with my friends at the theater, right? And being a movie nerd was like holy fuck, like super stoked about it, and my mind blown. Absolutely loved it. Bought it on laserdisc. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Scream Two came out, and was just like they killed Randy. I didn't like it. I f- it felt cheap or something. I just didn't didn't dig it right and then scream three came out and jane silent bobber in it and i'm like what the fuck like what is happening to this fucking franchise so that was a bummer scream four i really liked and then uh five i really liked too and this one i thought was cool i i the the new york stuff the the bodega and the subway scenes in this movie and scream six i feel were some of the better scenes out of any other movie scream movie that i can remember as far as like being really suspenseful and really interesting where I felt like I was watching something new for the first time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Ghostface with a shotgun, I don't think is a terrible idea. I don't think he always needs the knife. I think giving him a gun and doing that kind of thing in the store was really fresh and it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see more of it. I'm I'm actually down for them going ahead and uh, 
don't know. I, there's two two ways it's gonna go. I think one, he Ghostface eventually went, right? He kills, mm. he went, or two, Ghostface is is gonna become the sister, the older uh, Sam. She's, it's gonna be Sam already. Like she's already. I don't know. I kind of. It, it sucks because I don't want that to happen now because I don't want to already be predicting it. But I do feel like they're already <laughs> alluding to her becoming Ghostface. Well, I mean, as long as she's like a Dexter and she's killing bad people, I mean, I think that would be interesting. I, I like her. Be. I, that is like, listen. You want to take a good franchise and make it better? Throw in some hot fucking Latina chicks in it. Like I, I think they made a fucking excellent decision with that, and uh, I'm all for it. And as lo- I, I will go see. I love that. I thought that was fucking great. Um, and if they make them go a little loco in the next one and and start killing people, like yeah, oh, it could be both I'm of them because there's always two screams, right? Two ghost faces. Sorry. Well, not in the third. You know, they they make a point to say in the third one there was only yeah. one, or the fourth one there was only one, or was it the third one? I don't know. Uh, the third, third or fourth? Yes, because the fourth. No, because the fourth one was Emma Roberts and another person. Co- oh, I didn't remember that. And then uh, okay, and then this one there's three, so the numbers are all over the place. They could bring it back to just having one. Um, but I yeah, you're right. I feel like it's always uh, that's one of the motifs of the franchise multiple killers you know which i gotta say i did i did have the ending of the spoiled of me weeks ago it was it was circulating on twitter and i saw that i knew that i knew that the dad was the killer oh damn man but i didn't yeah but i didn't care and i and, and it mentioned the other characters names but i didn't know who they were and it whatever i had seen because i didn't i wasn't trying to read it i just fucking came across it on twitter um it didn't mention that they specifically were his kids. So I was still, I was suspicious of the daughter's death. Cause why would he kill his own daughter? But, um, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't, it was half ruined, but not completely, but uh, I don't go to fucking scream. movies to get my mind blown back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I gotcha. <laughs> Alright man, anything else? Nah dude, that's it. That's it.